podcast called Live in the Stream comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season, it's not just tongue and cheek. Quarterback, defense, tight end, recommendations based on opposition matchups. Here are your podcast hosts, JJ Zacharyson and Danny Carter, Living the Stream. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Living the Stream. I'm JJ Zacharyson, the late round quarterback, and as always, I am joined by my lovely, lovely, super long-haired co-host, Denny Carter. Denny, what's going on? My hair is, like, sticking out now, you know what I mean? Like, it's like... It's like it's like Avery's hair right now. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really wild. And that actually, I was noticing on the latest Fantasy Mensa video with Pete Overzet, I, um, you know, the front of my hair basically looks the same, even though it's much, much longer. Yeah. But then you just have this huge thing hanging in the back. <laughs> Yeah, it's almost it's almost like your neck is growing hair. Yeah. Oh, like I, just out. It, but part of this is actually like my neck hair. How gross is that? Oh man. Oh, by the way, speaking of hair yeah. on our body. Okay. Uh, okay. To, we, we've had conversations in the past that you you cut your nose hairs, correct? Oh, I trim them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You trim them with like cuticle scissors or something. I'm mm-hmm, assuming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So earlier today, I was shaving. I was trimming up my beard. And because I have, I'm going on more ways to win our TV show tomorrow, mm. so I can't look like a, a ragamuffin uh, to all to all you uh, z- uh, boomers out there. Uh, so I was I was trimming my beard, and I was like, oh, I guess I got to trim my nose hairs, right? And so they they have like the attachment mm-hmm. on, you know, that you can switch. And so I switched the attachment to the nose hairs. I have never felt pain the way that I felt pain because for some reason, as I was about to do it. The trimmer like lost some power and it went a lot slower. Oh no! There is not, th- guys. You need it to go fast when you're trimming your nose hairs. Oh. It needs to be fast because if, when it's slow, it's this slow, painful pulling out hairs out of your nose. It it, it, it grabs it. It grabs it. It was grabbing nose hairs. Oh, it was horrible. My uh, JJ, I don't. How are you doing this podcast right now? I would have just taken, taken the day off. I know I should have just put a put a Band-Aid on my nose. That's a, that's what Avery's taught me is that anytime something happens, you just put a Band-Aid on it. You're fine. Right. You're good. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Band-Aids, Band-Aids work. Sometimes uh, Eleanor used to wake up in the middle of the night and say, my leg hurts. Oh, my leg hurts. <laughs> and uh, she would say, I just need a Band-Aid. And, you know, at like 2 in the morning when all oh, you yeah. want to do is go back to bed, you're giving her the damn Band-Aid. <laughs> yeah. it, it doesn't matter where. You just You just slap it on her shin. You know, yeah. or her ankle or something, and and you're done. And she's she's satisfied, and she's oh thank you, and she goes back to bed. You know, the 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 best part about kids and getting boo boos is that uh it, the first time Avery got hurt and we kissed it was like her foot, I think, like yeah. her foot hurt or something, and she's like like we're like can we kiss it? And she's like yeah. So anytime she gets hurt, no matter where it is, we need to kiss her foot That's right. instead of the actual oh. place that she. So like if she hurts her hand or something, she, we're not kissing her hand. She's she'll lift up her foot. Like we need to kiss her foot. That's funny. That's some good kid logic there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. That, that's very that's good. Very, very good memory. I remember one time I was in an ice cream shop with Xavier, and he hurt his foot somehow in the ice cream place, and I he would not stop screaming until I kissed his foot, and I had to do it. I, mean, I, I had look, to. You got to do it sometimes. It's fine. I, I had to take off his sandal, uh, and get down and kiss his foot and like you know i mean i i've never seen you know people look at me in a stranger way and rightfully so i would have done the same and but that was that was the only way look sometimes you got to do what you got to do to get your kid to stop crying oh god yes it's true just do anything um well we were going to talk about to to start the show about how uh it seems i tweeted about this earlier today it seems like Every so so we don't have the preseason, which means we we're going by coach speak even more than usual. Yeah, right. And, and, and beat writer stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's the only thing that we can go off mm-hmm. of. And so I'm reading all these like blurbs and and tweets from from beat writers and and quotes from from coaches. And I swear every single coach at this point in the off season and into the preseason is saying that they have this stable of running backs that they love, mm-hmm. and they wouldn't be surprised if multiple backs were on the field at the same time. Number one, that rarely happens. The The 49ers led the league in 21 personnel this past year. Um, I think that they had it on the, them on the field, like there multiple backs in the field, like 21% of their snaps. Mm-hmm. That was the, the league high. A lot of teams have it at like 3%. It doesn't happen very often at all. And so it's always hilarious to me when they're like, 
you know, it's a similar situation when people talk about 12 personnel, which is when two tight ends are on the field. It doesn't happen nearly as frequently as people think. Right. Um, you know, Philly obviously does it a lot. Minnesota does it a lot, but uh, it's not this like super frequent thing. So I always, I'm just so prepared for a coach to be like, we have four running backs that we absolutely love mm-hmm. and we're going to find a way to get them all on the field at the same time. At the same time. It doesn't matter. You know, we're, uh, four of our 11 guys are going to be running backs, you know, the, like, like Harbaugh, uh, what's his name? John Harbaugh was, yeah. was saying today, uh, you know, we love our running back crew. Uh, we're going to use them in various ways. So, you know, I guess, uh, adjust the ranks because, uh, we're going to see a lot of, uh, uh, Ingram, Edwards, Dobbins, Hill lineup, you yeah. know, uh, uh, formations for Baltimore. I also love when coaches, like, they have a clear bell cow, like, just an obvious bell cow, then they'll start naming, like, the fourth string running back. Yeah. And be like, yeah, he'll, he'll get some work. He'll get, no, no, he's not going to get any work. Come on. He's not stop. even going to be active. He's not going to, yeah, you know, stop. he's not going to dress for on Sundays. Yeah, you're right. We really like the way he looks right now, and, and we, we have to find a way to get him into the game plan. No, that's not. Sorry, that's not going to happen. And, and, unless it confirms my priors, which is the case with uh, uh, yeah, the right. Ra- with, with the Rams yeah. and John John Kelly, uh, <laughs> who who is a very good prospect, IMO. Uh, but he's he's their number four running back, and Sean McVay was even hyping him up a little bit. I'll buy into that just because it confirms <laughs> yeah. my priors. Right. But aside from that, no way. Right, right, right. No, no. I, you definitely have to uh, cherry pick when when it's when it's your guy when it's like your pro- prospect Be yeah. Like, yeah i told you look what's happening yeah. it's happening right now um all right so the next thing i gotta talk I, we have somewhat of an agenda today yeah we do we do and it's freaking me out but let's let's do it yeah i'm i haven't done a really good way of, of segueing uh from topic to topic but um we did pick the listener league uh in totality so the one thing to keep in mind here is we only have seven extra people that we're choosing from because we had winners from uh the facebook leagues that are automatically in uh you guys can look for we'll probably run that again this year um but you can look for the living the stream facebook community that greg bryant runs um and and join that and then there will likely be leagues within that and if not i'm sorry to the commissioners that you're likely gonna have to do a little bit more this year than you thought but uh three there were three winners or two winners from that and then greg uh won the listener league last year um, so he's in this year and then obviously me, Denny and the, uh, always the anchored Tom Everett Scott, mm-hmm. uh, is, is, is the, the anchor to our, to our living the stream listener league right. every single year. As an, so that, as an elite, he's, he's grandfathered in. That's right. Right. So that means that we have seven spots for people. So I'm just going to read the people's names and what I need these people to do is email jj at numberfire.com so I can set up the draft because we need to figure out a date for that. We're very late on all of this. I completely understand. Uh, apologies. But we want to set up the draft so that we can do the live draft show as we typically do uh, and should be a lot of fun. So first, I got an email from Jose Guzman who sent us a video. It was a TikTok video of all things. Man. I do love TikTok though. Yeah, no, it's it's good. I mean, it's, uh, you know... Uh, uh, part of the Chinese conspiracy, but you know, uh, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy Pete Overzet on it. I mean, look, it's fine if I'm looking at TikTok for an hour and the Chinese or the Chinese government is, is staring at my face while I'm doing well, that. Well, look, I mean, you either have the U S government staring at your face or the Chinese government. You have to choose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have to decide which government's going to be spying on you at all times. Uh, but this, but this video, this is when you sent me an email, right? Yeah. So and Jose put together this yeah, I put together a video of him doing like a lip dub of Denny and me in a conversation we had about the Jets defense. And it was the week where I believe they were playing Matt Barkley, right? Yes. Against the yeah. Bills. Uh-huh. And and the Bills ended up scoring like 34 points. So he did like a before and after of like me and Denny being like, yeah, this is like one of the, the biggest locks of the century. The Jets are going to dominate this game. You know, they might not be good defensively, but this is what streaming is all about. We play bad defenses mm-hmm. and good matchups. And we were so confident. And then the Jets scored, I think, minus three points that week. That's right. It was in the negative. Yeah, so uh, he uh, did a a nice little lift up. So, Jose, you're in the league. Please, I already have your email address. You don't have to email me, but um, it was a very, very well done. I would say that was my favorite submission that we got. I Definitely, and and we have to find a way to share that both on Facebook and Twitter because it's really excellent, really well done. It reminds me of the comedian who who parrots the the president. Yeah, yeah, that's very... Sarah something? Yeah, she's all well. She's all over TikTok too. Right, right, and she so it's the same the same idea, but it's 
it's really the way he like contorts his face and like you know goes along with what we're saying and and it yeah. almost, like subtly mocks us too you know i mean oh it's, it's oh we, he definitely mocks it, us it's it's a, definitely but, it, but it's not you know it's it's subtle the way <laughs> the way that we just sounded like such um i don't know pricks when we were talking about <laughs> how great how great exactly. the, the the matchup was but, right but that's why it was so good is because i would rather I, well, no, I would not rather be mocked. Period. It's not great. It's not a great, great feeling. But but you can appreciate the humor more when it's a subtle mock as opposed to like this over the top uh-huh. what you see in like you know comedy a lot right. kind of mock. Right. So that that's why I appreciated that so much. Um, I don't have what the submissions were for these other people, but I'm gonna read off their names. We had Albert Inacan. Uh, I don't know how you pronounce the last name exactly, uh, but Albert had a good submission. Uh, we had at Fantasy Ronan. Uh, Reed sent a good submission, so you're in. Uh, Daniel Kitchen at DJKJNR. Um, we got Impress Suave, who has been a mm-hmm. uh, a loyal LTS listener, uh, had a good submission. Uh, at Nick Schmoller, uh, Nick, you're in. And then at Fantasy Ladder was the last one uh, that, that gets in. So there's seven people there that I just mentioned, and then obviously you got a handful of winners from last year, Tom, Denny and me. If I said your name, congratulations. First off, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, but second, email JJ at numberfire.com and I can set up the league and get things. This this is always the worst part of the year, by the way, as a right. commissioner. Right. I commission I commission a couple leagues. It's just a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, sorry, sorry to the kids. kids. But 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 <laughs> but please email JJ at numberfire.com. Next section of this podcast. <laughs> Let's keep going. Man, man, this is like a late round podcast right now. Uh, we're going to talk about some players that you can stream for early in the season and, and t- general targets. You know, I think at the tight end position, it's more general targets because, um, you know, I got this question on the late round podcast mailbag last week mm-hmm. where it was like, what tight end should I be targeting based on matchup? And I'm, I, my answer was basically like, just get a tight end that's going to be breathing and, right. you know, be maybe. me. Maybe I shouldn't make a, a their breathing joke oh, during, no. the, yeah. during this pa- pandemic. That's probably a bad idea. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm done with that joke from now on. I've been saying it for like years though. So it's, I don't know. Don't don't take that one personally, guys. I mean, I feel like we just always have to adjust our language because things are so bad right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm completely in agreement. I'm definitely not saying that anymore. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, but, yeah, so if a guy is getting a lot of volume um, and if he's an able-bodied tight end, uh, I would be targeting that guy for the most part. Um, you know, the, the Blake Jarwins of the world who's going to see some volume is going to be reliable in some way, whereas... Finding matchups each week, we know that the tight end position of the three that we stream is the most difficult to predict week in and week out. We always have the worst results at tight end. Um, So as a result of that, there's no reason to pinpoint a specific matchup per se early in the season at that position. But we will be doing that at quarterback and defense, and then we'll throw some tight ends out there as guys that you can target in your drafts. Denny, do you want to kick things off at at quarterback? Yes, at quarterback. So we have... Uh, like one of the most obvious late round targets right now in Cam Newton. Um, I was talking on the Roto World uh, podcast with Pat Doherty and Josh Norris the other day about how it, I don't understand how you can still get Cam Newton, like at the very, very bottom of your draft. And this goes for, I mean, according to the ADP that's out there, this goes for two quarterback leagues too. You know, I I mean, it's not, it's not just, the traditional format, but he's super cheap and he has a great uh, start to the season. If he's, you know, if he's anything close to the kind of cam who, who rushes for, uh, you know, rushes over a hundred times in a season, like he used to do in Carolina, um, then you're just getting, you're just getting a monster, potentially monster value. Um, you know, I think our, our greatest successes on the show have been, pinpointing rushing quarterbacks who are going super late. This includes Tyrod Taylor, uh, Ty God, uh, several years ago, and then obviously Lamar last year, and now Cam. Um, and uh, so are we going through their week one matchup right now, JJ, or what? No, we don't We don't have to do that. Okay. I, I think the, the one thing I will – I mean, he does get Miami in week one, which is good. Right. Um, but the thing I will add about Cam is I think that if there is a late-round quarterback to target – like I have Cam at QB 12 right now. Right. Um, but I can see a scenario where he's a top-five quarterback – in, in five of his eight seasons where he's played 14 games across his career, he finishes a top five quarterback in five year, in five of those seasons. So 
uh, he, he's definitely someone who has the right kind of upside that we look for. So I'm all about Cam as well. Uh, the one guy who I think is the go-to sort of streaming option who might not have that full season upside like Cam Newton does is Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, we might see San Francisco throw a little bit more. They may have a heavier proportion of scores go to, to the touchdown col- the passing touchdown column as opposed to the rushing touchdown column. That's a plus for more of a season-long outlook, but in week one, they get Arizona. Jimmy Garoppolo scored 28.9 and 29.7 fantasy points against Arizona last year, and then they get the Jets, Giants, Eagles, and Dolphins. So the Jets wow. and Giants, according to PFF and their secondary rankings, uh, they're bottom six secondaries, and then both the Eagles and Dolphins are outside the top 10. So it's it's really a, a great slate. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if Jimmy Garoppolo, after mm-hmm. five weeks, is a top 10 quarterback in fantasy. Wow. That's, I mean, you, I can't argue with it, but it's just, he's, he was so useless last year through large parts. Um, yeah. It's hard to kind of get your head around that, but I, I do, I do like that. I wanted to mention, I, you know, for the second time now in the show, I wanted to mention Ty God since he is likely, well, unless things go sideways, I guess in LA, he is going to be the week one starter. Uh, he gets the Bengals in week one beyond that. You know, I don't know. I don't think he's going to be an every week starter, uh, well, in, in deeper leagues, maybe, but uh, he gets the Bengals in week one. So Cincinnati just lost Trey Waynes, their big uh, free agent signing this past offseason. Uh, the cornerback is expected to be out two months from now. So we're talking about into October, most likely. He has a pec strain. I know all this, JJ, because I write for Roto World now. Right. Um, yeah. And um, there's no Denny's other. Then he's a news guy. That's right. That's right. And there's no other way to know except for if you work for Roto World. So the uh, the Bengals were atrocious last year against the pass. I mean, not in volume uh, numbers, but uh, because teams were just able to run it constantly against them. Uh, but they gave up uh, the most yards per completion and the most yards per attempt, pass attempt last year. Uh, so I, I think that could be that game actually profiles, I think, as a little bit of a track meet, the Chargers uh, Bengals. And uh, I really like Tyrod there. Yeah, Tyrod's a good deeper streamer for sure. As opposed, I mean, you could go with Tyrod if you like him more than Jimmy G. I think Jimmy G is a little bit safer, but um, I, I I like Tyrod as a as a streamer in Week One. Um, all right, let's move on to tight end. Uh, I like a lot of late round tight ends this year. Uh, you know, I like Mike Kosicki, Hayden Hurst when he falls. Um, you know, I I'm I'm all about that tier. Um, but I'm gonna go a little bit deeper and dig a little bit deeper and go with Irv Smith, who I think is just being completely overlooked for whatever reason. Um, I I did a study on finding breakout tight ends uh, earlier this offseason, and usually breakout tight ends come from players that are in year two or year three, Um, and they usually don't come out of nowhere in terms of if they had previous season high target shares Mm -hmm. or if they were high draft picks. So Irv Smith has some draft capital behind him. He actually didn't see that few that that low of a target share last year either. Um, And the crazy thing about breakout tight ends, which is something that we talk about on the show all the time, is that they are typically athletic and very athletic compared to their peers. And I specifically looked at speed score, um, which is a height height and weight adjusted. I I guess it was height adjusted speed score, uh, which was it's weight adjusted 40 times. Uh, the average speed score within the sample was 108. Okay, that may, that probably means nothing to people. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but but that's that's an 86th percentile speed score. That was the average speed score mm-hmm. in our breakout tight end sample. Irv Smith is right around that. He was at 105, still well above average. You look at Minnesota; they likely won't have as good of of scripts as they did last year. It's a huge reason reason why they were third lowest in the NFL in pass to rush ratio. So if they're a little bit more pass heavy. That's going to play into to Irv Smith's favor. They only have Adam Thielen there as an established pass catcher. Justin Jefferson being a rookie, we don't know how that's going to translate. Right. I still don't mind Justin Jefferson. Uh, but that just means Irv Smith is a de facto potential number two or three target on this team. Uh, and he's good. I mean, he rookie season Irv Smith was just as good as Kyle Rudolph last year in that offense. Hey, so hey, hey, easy, easy. I'm, I'm, all about, I'm all about some Irv Smith this year because he's so cheap. I mean, compared to the other guys you know, the other breakout candidates, he's usually closer to the bottom of that, mm-hmm. like, like end of draft tier. So with the speed score stuff, what you're actually saying is that it's Logan Thomas season. Look, Denny and I are, are in the, <laughs> are, are Logan Thomas people this year. I, I've, I've posted some drafts on Twitter this off season and like my deep drafts that I do, uh, Logan Thomas is on like all of them. Yeah. Like he, and I get him at like tight end 40. They well, uh, you know, as a Roto World writer, uh, I don't know if people have forgotten that. Uh, 
all that Ron Rivera talks about is is freaking Logan Thomas. That's all he talks yeah. about. I mean, every yeah. every time he's interviewed, he's like, man, you know, he, he could be asked about you know the water coolers at the at at the Washington Stadium, and he'll be like, I don't know about those, but I know about Logan Thomas. And now Logan Thomas is very impressive, very impressive guy. So, you know, he I know he's you know converted from quarterback. He hasn't done anything in the league so far, but I could see us talking about him a lot this year. He's a he is if there's one person that profiles to be this year's Darren Waller. Mm -hmm. It's Logan Thomas, but Darren Waller saw his ADP rise towards the end of last year. Um, And it's, I mean, look, it's a different situation, but I don't want to sit here and say, you know, Noah Fant or Mike Gesicki is this year's Darren Waller because it's a completely different situation. Like you're, you're, you're really just going for this like athletic specimen who Mm -hmm. might not traditionally have been playing that position. um, But he's there and he's in an offense that isn't necessarily going to be electric but he could see a high target share in that offense, hypothetically. Um, I, I don't think he's going to be Darren Waller, but I, I think that that's sort of like what you're hoping for when you draft a guy like Logan Thomas. Right. I mean, not t- not tight end one, but maybe the overall tight end two. I mean, I think, you know, that's more reasonable. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no big deal. Yeah. All right, Denny, get get your tight end off of yeah. your mind here. Yes, I will. I, I love him too. Yeah, TJ Hawkinson is... Still going pretty late, I believe. What the eleventh round, tenth round, something in that in that range. Yeah, I think you can get him probably later in most leagues, unless someone's like really into him. Uh, you know, last year we don't have a lot to work with because, you know, he just had that one big blow up game in week one, and then not much really after that. Um, but he ran a, a decent amount of targets um, before he missed the last little bit of the season, um, and I think you need to. We all need to. Uh, take into account how awful the Detroit uh, quarterbacking was post Stafford last year. Um, you know, you're, you're talking about uh, David Blau and what's his name, whose name I'm looking for right now. And I uh, it's Jeff Driscoll. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, there you go. Okay. Um, and yeah, so they posted uh, a Blau and Driscoll posted horrific numbers uh, and it just was really never going to work for anybody in that offense, except uh, uh, except for your boy, Babytron. Um, and, uh, you know, he's going late enough, and I think that they have enough draft capital wrapped up in him. I mean, they took him in the top 10 overall picks uh, two drafts ago. Is that That's correct, right? I, I, yeah. I didn't make that up. Um, yeah, oh, here are the numbers from the two quarterbacks after Stafford went down. They combined to complete 56% of their passes – for eight touchdowns and 11 interceptions. Um, Hawkinson was really just not um, utilized after Stafford. Uh, he did turn 11 targets on Thanksgiving into 18 receiving yards, which is really a miracle, I think, of statistics that that, 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 that could happen uh, before suffering an ankle injury and, and missing the rest of the season. But uh, I think he could be very involved in this offense. And with Stafford back, I mean, Stafford was um, unbelievably good. Uh, until he went down to injury last year. So I, I do want some Hawkinson this year. Yeah, I'm all about Hawk. Um, all right, and then at defense, I'm just going to run through some uh, some picks really quick uh, for week one. We'll go over these again for our week one show, I'm sure. Uh, but the Chiefs are huge favorites against the Texans week one. Uh, don't worry about that over-under because we're looking for favorites more so in that negative game script. Uh, the Eagles get Washington. Uh, that's a good matchup. The Chargers get the Bengals uh, against a team that – has a rookie quarterback playing his first game. And then I do want to make note of the Colts having a very easy schedule throughout the entire season. So if you're playing in best ball leagues, they're not in your, you're needing to draft a defense in those best ball leagues. Mm. Uh, I, I like the Colts a lot as sort of a, a later round one. Um, but then on top of that, they do get the Jags, I believe in week one. So mm. uh, that's another defense. that's a little bit deeper, but, but not a bad play. Right. All right, Denny. let's, let's be efficient and move on to these questions. We are this, well, this show, if nothing else is efficient. Yes. Uh, the first question is from Brendan. It says, what are your takes on hard knocks? Well, I mean, are we talking about this season's? I have not seen it. I haven't seen episode one yet. It aired last night. Um, but apparently Sean McVay was shirtless in a hot tub or something. Yeah, I saw that picture. I mean, your boy got, got cut. Oh, yeah. He is he is, he is is a jacked man. He He's very L.A. You know, he's he yeah. looks extremely – he looks like he – could be on uh you know a bravo reality show yes yes as a real estate agent oh that's good that's that's actually really good yeah i could see him in a power suit yeah i mean he bulked up uh, you know just like huge chest he has the abs i mean 
I, you know, I, I worry, is he, is he working hard enough as a coach or is he just in the gym all the time? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Well, they did the, the hard knocks with them before. And I know that he was like, you know, typical coach getting like four mm-hmm. or five hours of sleep a night. And it, it's wild to me that someone like that, who's barely sleeping and only working, how they can have that kind of physique. It, it honestly pisses me off. I, I don't understand either. My, I guess my one idea would be that you, you're not eating or sleeping you're probably not drinking a whole lot. So, you know, you just like slim down, but he doesn't, he's not slim down. He's, he's bulky. Yeah, no, it's, it's just a very, very impressive feat. So, uh, but no, I haven't watched the hard knocks yet. I plan on doing it though. It's a good, it's a good, uh, good show to watch while I do the elliptical in my, my office that I have my elliptical in. We get it. You work out. All right, we get it. Yeah. Yeah. Next question is from, from, uh, it's not, not at, this is from Patreon, uh, mm-hmm. from Johnny. What's the most horrifying thing you've seen another customer do in a store? Recently, my wife and I witnessed a lady eat half a bagel out of out of the self-serve bagel case and put the other half back. This is post-pandemic, mind you. My goodness. I I was horrified by this question. I, I, I've never seen anything close to that. I have I have no story that comes close to that. My my one, you know, from the COVID era would be the the guy who was walking around the grocery store. Uh, covering his face with a with a napkin only when someone was within a few feet of him and then he would take take it off when he wasn't and i was like that's not how this works that's not the the point of the face covering is not to put a napkin over your face he wasn't even putting it over over his nose i I thought that that was a pretty horrifying thing yeah that's that's bad I, i don't have anything close to this bagel thing either that's just that's out of control just bad Mm. it's disgusting um so we'll go to the next ones from jason when pool parties existed sometime in the past what did you do with your towel did you a wrap it around your waist like when you get out of the shower b drape it over your shoulders like a cape and and protect from the harmful rays Mm. of the cruel sun or c dry off and lay the towel somewhere so First off, I'm not much of a, like, after shower, just wrap the towel around myself and walk around a bit. I'm literally drying myself and then getting dressed almost instantly. Yeah, me too. I, I am not one to linger with the towel. Um, yeah, I'm not, a, I'm not a towel lingerer. <laughs> but I have to say, though, if I have to choose one, I'm going with the second one because I often use the towel to shield myself from the sun uh, because I'm so lazy that I don't put on sunscreen sometimes. So, oh, wow. um, yeah, I know I'm, I'm canceled. I understand. And my, my wife absolutely hates it. Melissa might actually leave me over this. I mean, when I'm on, when I'm on like a beach and the sun is intense, I will put on some sunscreen on my face, but on my body, eh, probably not. Real, so you're just not a sunscreen on the body person. It's it's too, too much, too long. It takes too long. I mean, it, it, when we were in Greece, we went to Greece, like, 10 years ago, it, if I didn't use sunscreen, I, I would have ended up in the hospital. So, uh, yeah, I used a lot there. Um, but I could just like drape a towel over me if I'm not in the, you know, in the water. Um, and, and I'll, I'll be fine. You know, I'm, is this, is this not good practice? This is not well, best practice. Do you, well, first off, you can get cancer from the sun, Denny. No. Um, get out of here. but, uh, do you not get sunburned that much then? Like, Oh, I do. I mean, so you just you just embrace getting sunburned. No, no, no. <laughs> I cover. I make sure that I'm covered. Okay, so you're wearing a nightgown on the beach. Right. I wear I wear a spacesuit uh, when I'm on, when I'm on the. Beach. Are you a, are you a shirt in the pool kind of guy? No, 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 no. Okay, you're not that because like he, no, like but, I I I have noticed that like I get tan more than I used to now that I live down in North Carolina. It's just like nat like I'm in the sun more than I used to be. So now I just yeah. like my skin has gotten used to it almost, but. I, I have gotten really bad sunburns in the past, despite putting sunscreen on and, and being pretty good at, at, you know, keeping up. So like, do you're, cause like, like when you get sunburned, do you get like, I'm peeling sunburn or do you I, just get sunburn? I haven't gotten sunburned in so long because here's what I do. Like at the, at the pool, at my sister-in-law's pool, I'll jump in, I'll swim for like 15 minutes and then I'll get out and I'll put on my shirt and maybe throw a towel over my shoulders and or sit in the shade. So I, I am aware of the sun and I am aware that I could definitely get some sunburn. I mean, I'm pale as hell. So, um, you know, it, it has happened. So I am I am aware. It's just that I'm not big on like, you know, slathering myself with the sunscreen. OK, you know that there's like spray now that you can use. 
I do. I have. I have her. I I put spray on my kids. You know. Wow. Well, what an example you're setting for your children that that you'll put the sunscreen on them, but you won't put it on yourself. Well, I th- I see it as a sacrifice. Really, I'm. I'm <laughs> <laughs> well, you're rationing sunscreen. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I, I'm taking one for the team. I, I, if you can't understand that, you know that's on you. This next question is from Armando. Denny, share your PO box number so I can send you a run the damn ball hat. Also, if if they were to make a movie about living the stream, who would who would you want to play you guys besides Joe Flacco and Kirk Cousins? That's actually really good. I mean, obviously you're Flacco, but I'm definitely Cousins. He look, I, we look alike, just alike. You you, you gotta do. There, there's almost. I mean, if someone would mistake him for my brother, I wouldn't blame them. They. Oh my gosh, alike. you're you're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Wow, Flacco and Cousins. Who knew? Yeah. Someone, so, someone's someone's gonna Photoshop something. With Flacco and Cousins. They, they already have. I, people have photoshopped my face on the Kirk Cousins ESPN profile. Wow. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. Who who would who, wait, who would play us besides those two? God. Um, uh, I don't I don't want to. I, I don't like doing this because yeah. no matter your answer, it's too vain. No it matter. Is, right. No matter your answer. It's right. too vain of an answer. It's the same. Right. It's the same deal when people are like. You know what? What's what's the relationship like? What's your relationship like with your significant other in in Hollywood? And people are like, "Oh, we're like Jim and Pam." It's like, shut up! No one's like Jim and Pam. Stop! Just stop! You're 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 making yourself look. It's it's almost like if you're saying that, that means that you're uh, not. Oh, can I tell you something about Jim and Pam? Yeah. All right. So on. So Pam and Angela do a podcast that yeah, reviews. Yeah, I've, I've heard it. Okay. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. And apparently, I've heard I heard this secondhand. Uh, Pam said that the original script had her and Jim breaking up at the very end. Yes, I heard this, and that all of the the cast came together to like revolt against it. Yeah, including Jim. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 uh, I, I mean, honestly, I, I would, I would have been absolutely devastated. It would have been rough. I think that in, in a lot of cases, I'm usually like really okay with that kind. Like, I, I'm, you know, I, I don't mind either way. You know, I don't mind like perfect endings and stuff. But in this case, you can't do that because, no. because the show had gone off the rails, right? It did. And, and, yeah. and, and so you can't, you can't make it that much worse for people. Like, you just can't do that. Yeah, right. I, I mean, I would have um, left the show with a permanent sour taste in my mouth. I mean, about, about the about everything, about everything. I mean, Michael Michael leaving was bad enough, you know, and and you know he didn't have to leave. He he left because his contract ran out, and they they never talked to him about you know renewing it. That's right. that's why he left. So, right. yeah. Did you have you seen um, How I Met Your Mother? No. Okay. Well, I'm not gonna. You're probably you don't care, right? No, I. I and and this is spoiler, spoiler, everybody. Yeah. So skip ahead like a minute or something. Um. But in How I Met Your Mother, the whole show is a lead up to. By the way, How I Met Your Mother got excruciating, just terribly bad. Okay. Toward towards the end of the series, just so, not even remotely funny. But you just had to watch it to see how it end. Um. And so the show is all about you know this guy who's who's telling his children as a narrator mm-hmm. about his past and how he met his mo- how how he met their mother right and so the whole show goes and you finally figure out who the mother is and and uh, in the last episode there's like a very quick montage and it's a voiceover of him talking about it um, but it's a montage of basically like okay the mom dies and, and their mom has been dead like throughout the and, and the reason he's basically telling the story is because at the beginning this one woman Robin who's part of it uh, and one of his friends, they dated mm-hmm. and it was basically like his kids being like, you still, you love Robin, right? Like you love her. So go get her. So then it ends with him going to get her and stuff. Uh. People were so irritated that the mom had died and this whole show is about how I met the mother. And there was like nothing about the mother really in the show because the mom was, was, had oh. died. Right. But to me, and it was like an obvious ending. Like it, you sort of, you know, you could read between the lines and see how it was going to end in that way. But to me, it's like, why, why does it matter that much to people? Why, why can't it be this way? Why can't it be? It actually made a lot of sense to me. I'm like one of, I'm like part of the 1% in terms of people who like didn't mind the ending of the show. Um, And now people are going to destroy my mentions uh, talking about it, but I don't mind, you know, going in that like sadder direction Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. with, with film, but 
when it comes to like when when you're like doubling down given the state of what the office was towards the end of the series, it's a really, really horrible idea. I, I would have rioted if Pam ended up with the cameraman. You know. And yes. that that's and I I, I I just I don't know if I could have ever really recovered from that. So that I'm I'm happy that that happened. Anyway, let's go to the next question. Okay. Next question is from uh Tatanka. Is that how you say that? Yeah, I think so. Uh, 10 team, two quarterback, two running back, three wide receiver, one flex, one tight end, PPR, $200 auction league with one keeper. Do I keep Lamar Jackson for $14 or Alvin Kamara for $21? All right. So I want to say this. I did Mm -hmm. an evergreen show on keeper leagues. Right. Okay. And I did it because you need a process when when you ask these keeper questions. Because realistically... No, like the the information that we were just given here for this question, we don't have enough information to give you a very accurate answer to. Th- I mean, I think there's an obvious answer to this, but you know, we we don't have all the information we need. What you need to do is go through and I mean, I give you a process on that show. I'll just direct you yeah. to that show. You need to know what you're foregoing, what the other teams are keeping, and who they're keeping, and what your tiers look like pre and post that, uh, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But in this case, since the prices are fairly close. And because one of these players is playing a onesie position, I think this is very, very obviously Alvin Kamara. I, yeah, I figured you'd say that. And I, that's the way I would go too. Yeah. Okay. Next question is from Alexander. Would rostering both McLaurin and Gibson make you concerned about being too heavy, uh, having too heavy of an investment in Washington, in the Washington smoothies as a <laughs> low powered offense in, yeah. a, in a deep 16 team Superflex dynasty league? Um, I don't think so. I don't think so either. I mean, you're getting them both at a reduce. It's not like you're you're spending up to get those two guys. I mean, it is a dynasty league, so it's a little bit different. But um, I think it's okay if there's two guys in that offense. You don't know what it's going to look like in two or three years either. Exactly. I mean, you know, McLaurin is you know could be a target hog uh, this year the way things are going. Uh, but you know, having both of them in a deep league, I I have no issue with that at all. In fact. Uh, I wouldn't even, you know, wouldn't even think about it. I feel like that's like, you know, kind of how we overthink things. Not not to insult the the yeah, yeah. question asker, but, you know. Yeah. Uh, next question is actually about The Office from Jonathan. What's your favorite line from The Office? So I, I meant to look look up like classic Office quotes to kind of jog my memory. The one that I came up with was was Michael saying how the turntables. Yeah. Wait, what does he say? <laughs> how? Yeah, I know. I, I know what you're saying. I know How the turntables have turned. Is that what yeah. he says? Maybe. I mean, office snobs are going to be yelling at us now. Thanks, Denny. Oh, Thanks. Dang it. Thanks, Denny. Oh. Uh, but yeah, I know the quote. My mine is when uh, Dwight had the concussion. Yeah. And he and he and he called Pam Pan. Oh yeah. Like it's something so simple. It just just made me die of laughter. Oh, he also when he when he does the breakdown of Pam's appearance when she asks for an honest assessment of of, of her appearance because yeah. he she knows that that Dwight of all people will, will give that to her. Uh, he, what he says is just hilarious. Like like talking about you know after you had your first kid you 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 lost some weight and you recovered and now that you've had your second kid obviously you're at an all time low. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, the office snobs are going to come after us. And I'm oh, yeah. Blaming, oh, I'm, bla- the, I'm blaming Denny for that. Yeah. There's also this. I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. That's good. <laughs> that's a good one. That's a, that's a, that's a dad humor one. But I think that Michael was actually being serious. Like he delivers it in such a serious way that, that he, that the character sure. definitely meant it. I just thought, yeah, and right. It is, it is dad humor, like at its core. But the way that he delivered it was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, the next question is serious question here. Is there a qualitative difference between a hashtag basic hard seltzer and a natty light with ad with ice added? Uh, I've survived this swamp sweat pandemic summer by adding ice to my light beers and it's hashtag not bad. Is this next level or just another sign that I'm certainly destined to go zero RB? This is this is from Reg Kim, by the way, friend of the show. Yes. Oh, yeah. And, so I forgot to say that. No, that's okay. I, I, I don't. Where do you stand on this? Is it the same? It's not the same. No, it's not the same. I mean, I, well, first off, any any like hard seltzer that I'm drinking, um, is flavored, and it's right. not. It, you're not drinking just a beer that. I mean, it's not just a beer. That's like I don't know what. I, I just don't see 
the connection between these two things at all. It's not. So, yeah, I mean, the hard seltzer definitely is not like uh, light beer, you know, and I, right. I, I didn't know what to expect, but it's definitely not that. I'm still new to it, by the way. It's but, like it's like it's like fruit punch. It's like fruit punch with with carbonation and there, you can sort of taste the alcohol in it, but it's not as intense. That's why that's why I'm a I'm white claw over truly because white claw is doesn't have as much of an intense flavor. It's, that, it's a lot more subtle. Exactly. Uh, I made the huge mistake of getting the Bud Light seltzer. Yeah. And that first of all, it just tastes like pure alcohol, you know, in, in the, uh, well, not truly, but what's the other one? Uh, white, white claw white, with a white claw. You can barely, barely taste the, the alcohol, which makes them very dangerous. I think. Oh, it's uh, true. It's definitely dangerous. Yeah. So you end up drinking like five and then you're like, you know, whoops. Um, but the, the Bud Light, you know, you could taste the alcohol and let me tell you, I had a massive hangover the next day after, <laughs> a, after having i had four okay oh i had four over like a three hour period and i woke up the next day and it felt like i had just i don't know down like a bottle of tequila before bed i i felt horrendous interesting uh i first off i thought since this is a poop podcast you're gonna say something else so you had a massive something else uh but, but also but also that's the thing with white claws it's very I, I haven't had a serious hangover with white claws yet yeah me neither me neither so so you know I, bud light will never sponsor the show now but i would not go in that direction yeah next question uh is from alexander are you changing your strategy this year in dynasty and keeper leagues play for future years or go all in for an asterisk 2020 championship I mean, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like you're uh, set, setting yourself up for failure if you completely change the way that you approach the game. I agree. I think I think that there's there's easily a non-zero chance that we just get a normal season just without fans. I mean, I, I think that the most probable outcome is probably that at this point. Um, not that I think that won't come with, with consequence, right? Like, I mean, there's going to be players that get the virus and, and bad things happening and s- stuff that we're not going to enjoy talking about and, and having to figure out. But at the same time, like, I don't think you can approach the season assuming the worst is going to happen. And, and as a result, what are you really changing? You have to ask yourself, like, how are you really playing in the future years? And not only that, if, you, if you're talking dynasty, we don't know exactly what rookie drafts are going to look like next year. Uh, it's It's not an easy solution because – you know, there's only like three conferences that want to play football right now. Right. So we don't know what these players are going to look like, who they're going to be. There's going to be a lot of ambiguity. The way I kind of view dynasty rookie drafts right now is that we're probably going to get like a set in stone, like 10 to 15 guys that we feel pretty decent about. But we're going to see more value out of like third round rookie picks versus second round rookie picks is going to be a lot more muddied than it typically is um, or more muddied. So I'm I'm of the belief that we shouldn't be changing things that much or that drastically as a result of all that. Uh, there will be games that are either delayed or canceled or um, postponed, I should say, uh, this year. And there will be times where we're losing critical fantasy starters because they tested positive for the virus the night before or the day of the game. Okay, that's going to happen. I don't think that you can just, you know... They, put an asterisk by the whole season or, or, or just be done with it uh, because of that. I think that it, it, it brings a new challenge, you know, right. and, and, and as obviously we're concerned about the players where the coaches and their families and everything that goes without saying, you know, I, I feel like we don't have to say that every time, but I do want to say it just, just briefly here, but you know, as an NBA DFS thought leader, I have experienced changing lineups at the last second now and I think that I think that NFL will resemble that even in just seasonally. I'm not talking about DFS seasonal leagues will resemble something like that this year. Um, and it'll take a very savvy, involved uh, player to to, you know, do well. Yeah, I, I just I don't I, like everyone's going through the same thing with their lineups. It's not like you're the only one that has to deal with players getting coronavirus and these last second changes what it's going to do is that if you're knowledgeable about the game and you understand depth charts and you understand what players can and can't do 
you automatically are going to have some sort of edge. I would argue that the, the savvier players might end up at the end of the season. We look back, they had a bigger edge than they typically do mm -hmm. because, because you're having to make tougher decisions. Whereas a lot of people in the past might've just been able, been able to plug and play guys without having to think about it. Now it, you have to think about it more. Knowledge of who's up next is going to be huge this yeah. year. Yeah, for sure. Uh, this next question, uh, I think is the, no, it's the second to last question. How much harder will streaming positions be this year with COVID potentially causing starting quarterbacks, tight ends, et cetera, to miss games and cause their managers to scour the waiver wire? Is it time to start warming up the, you could do worse sounder? Um, I, I, again, I think that it's, it's, there's, there's something to the fact that these guys could get hurt, but what, mm -hmm. you know, we're already waiting on these positions for the most part. So, or get COVID, I should say. We're already waiting on these positions for the most part. So if anything, this chaos is going to help people who are streaming. Yeah, no, I was going to say this is not going to make streaming any more difficult. It's it's going to, I think if you are familiar with the process of what you're looking for with streaming onesie positions, especially, I mean, because there is no streaming, you know, wide receiver and, and running back in the traditional sense. But if you're familiar with that process, I think it gives you a, a major edge this year. And if you're willing to go out and, and, and get players who, you know, don't have the best track record, have no track record. Um, then I think that, uh, you know, you're going to be, you're going to be set up well this year. I think this is the, the year, uh, for, for, for streaming. This is the, the year of LTS. It happens to be the worst year in history, but it's also the year of LTS. Yes. Yes. Uh, this last question is from Christopher as smoothie experts, expert singular, uh, please, by the way, I'm still drinking smoothies every single morning just to own me. I get it. I know. Just, just, to, just an FYI. There's no, no way, no better way of starting your morning than with the smoothie. Avery drinks a smoothie with me every morning. We get a little cheers and then we just chug our smoothies. Um, as smoothie experts, please rate this concoction by Jaguars backup right guard, Ben Barch. Ready for this? I'm ready. Seven eggs, grits, cottage cheese, peanut butter, a banana and Gatorade. He gained 86 pounds drinking this five days a week. What? I mean, he needs some protein in there, I think. Well, he has the seven eggs and some, some <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was going to say, well, Denny, he, there's literally only protein. Right, right. right. He has uh, one million grams of protein. Yeah. Th so so I would vomit having to, to, to put the, – the, the peanut butter is the piece that's, like, really weird to me. So I, I found as a smoothie expert – that, um, you know, no matter what you do. So I'm a big banana guy. I think I've talked about this. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. You're a truther, I, yeah. I eat at least one banana a day, every mm. single day. And I, I try to eat apples too, but bananas are just so accessible and easy to eat. And they usually are fairly filling, like if you just need something, like a little something. And so mm -hmm. I'll eat a banana. Um, and I've noticed that I, I try not to put, put I said this in the past in the show, mm -hmm. I try not to put things in smoothies that, I could easily eat like that are easily accessible like a banana because you can just easily just grab one. And I like eating it standalone. Mm -hmm. Whereas I tr you try to hide healthy things in smoothies, like whether it's, you know, people putting protein powder in there mm -hmm. or if you're trying to get some some greens in there. That's what I think smoothies are for. And then you can try to just find the right fruit combinations to kind of hide that a little bit. Right. So I'll and then I'll, I'll get some frozen fruits like mangoes and stuff that are typically hard to to eat standalone. But I will say bananas hide so much flavor. It's it's you can taste bananas in anything. And so I can understand the banana being in this smoothie because it's going to hide things mm -hmm. like the the cottage cheese which sounds disgusting in a smoothie. So you your strategy with uh with smoothies is to hide stuff in it like you would for a child or a dog. Is that right? Well, yeah. Look, I mean, I'm I'm putting every morning I'm putting fruit in my smoothie but i'll have a lot of like spinach in there and then some like like mm -hmm. i'll I, i'll have some protein in there at times too like some protein powder in there and it, it doesn't taste it's doesn't taste great those things standalone but right. if you can find right. the right combos denny yeah you can create a great smoothie and bananas also create the perfect consistency within a smoothie um i'll take your word for it as as the foremost expert on smoothies i will say that spinach tastes good the way that my mother-in-law makes it which is to soak it in butter <laughs> uh, I, you know, and because I, I took one bite of it one time and, and I'm like, you know, cause I'm not a fan. I don't eat spinach, but I, I took a bite of it and I was like, holy, this is good. This is good stuff. 
What yeah. is it? Oh, it's pure butter. Oh, right, right, right. Because everything that tastes good uh, is, you know, sure. soaked in, in salt or butter. There's, there's no way around it. Yeah, it's like I, my uh, my wife will make kale chips sometimes where you like put it in the yeah. oven, put some olive oil on and like salt and stuff. But it's like you're not just like taking kale and just no. taking bites of kale. No one's doing that. No, no, no. It's, it's uh, you know, more salt than is on a, uh, a movie popcorn bag. You know? <laughs> it's the only way it tastes good. It's right. The it's, only the only, way. it's the only way it can. The way I view that kind of stuff is it's still probably better than the alternative of like a French fry or something. Oh yeah, yeah. That you that's know? true. That's true. I just if you I, if you can make incremental gains with the the foods that you're choosing, that's a win. That's still a win. Yeah, everything everything that I eat uh, that I don't usually like, and I'm like, oh, this is good. I'm like, oh, it, it must be horrible for me. Yeah. You know, that, well, I, you know. You've also we I think we've mentioned on the show too before that you're someone who will talk yourself into saying that you don't like a food just because you know that it's not a good thing to consume. Yes. Yes. I will do that. You're right. Right. And I'll, I'll do that to a degree. Like I'm like, Oh no, cupcakes aren't that good. And it's like, no, they're, they're, they're damn delicious. Like stop. They're cupcakes. I know. No, good. I do the same. What do I do? Uh, hmm. I do that with pretty much all desserts. I'm, oh, donuts. Oh, yeah, donuts is a great example. Yeah. You're like, no, I'll just, I'll just, you know, I'll, I'll have some like really uh, old person cereal instead yeah. of this donut. For right, I'll have some, I'll have some brand cereal with one percent milk <laughs> instead of that delicious donut because donuts are bad. Don't donuts, yeah, donuts, donuts for idiots. Donuts taste bad. No, donuts don't taste bad. They definitely do. No human being can say donuts actually. I mean, maybe some if you don't like jelly donuts or something. But if you just get like a glazed donut, no it's, one says this is bad. It's it's just good. There's just no, there's no way around it. I, I wish I wish I could actually deny it, but no, no, they're they're very good. Yes. All right, Danny. That's going to do it for today's show. Why don't you let everyone yeah. know where they can find you? At CD Carter thirteen. Still not verified. Never verified. Um, I have a new piece actually on Tyrod and the Chargers offense on Roto World, if you'd like to check that out. And thank you to all of our patrons. Um, we're going to have some Patreon you know, goodies uh, to announce later this month. So thank you to all the good patrons. I'm on Twitter at Late Round QB. I have my other podcast, the Late Round Podcast, that I do a couple times a week. Almost up to once the season starts, it's four times a week. That's when things get really cray. Um, and all my work, written work, is over on numberfire.com. Denny, I don't know when we're going to podcast next. It'll probably be for the fantasy draft, I would assume, the listener league draft. Mm, okay. uh, so once we get that all set up, we will do our long marathon S show fantasy draft episode. But until then, guys. Take it easy. Thank you for listening to Live in the Stream. We hope you enjoyed the internet podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long, it's fast. For more fantasy football info, check out LakeGroundQB.com. Hope you come back soon as we share about the teams.